Welcome, everyone, to the Iron Catholic Podcast. I hope you all are doing well. And at the time that I record this, we are just a day away from Thanksgiving. So I hope you all have a very happy Thanksgiving. And I hope we take this opportunity to thank God for all the blessings that he has bestowed in our life. It has indeed been an interesting year, but where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. And so I know personally this year, while there's been a lot of challenges and a lot of polarizing things that have happened, uh, there have been a ton of blessings and there's been a ton of good things and there's been a lot of goals and a lot of accomplishments that I've been able to reach in this year that I hadn't been able to reach in previous years. And so God's grace never diminishes. And so let us just take this Thanksgiving to truly be thankful for what we have. Okay, so we have a great show tonight, and we are going to be talking about effeminacy and why the church is losing good men and women and youth and can exercise help stop the bleeding for lack of a better words. Before we begin, let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our safeguard against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of heavenly hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits, who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so again, we're going to be talking about effeminacy today. And effeminacy is not related to femininity or feminism, but effeminacy is rather defined as kind of being soft and weak. And so um, we're, we're going to be talking about effeminacy and why the church is losing good men and women and youth uh, and, and can exercise be part of the antidote. Now, exercise is not going to be the whole of the solution, but exercise can be a good place to start. And we're going to discuss three reasons uh, why the church is losing good men and women and youth. And then I have a bonus comment uh, at the end of this podcast. So let's dive into the first reason. So the first reason, I think, is that people have not been, in today's society, taught how to do hard things. And so this, you know, the culture we live in today is really a culture of immediate gratification. If we want something, we got to have it now. You know, it's it's the the minute we have a longing or a desire, we we need to have it immediately filled. There is no there is no waiting. There is no uh, suffering, if you will, um, and and you know suffering in the terms of uh, delay gratification is not always a bad thing. And so, just the culture that we live in kind of fosters this type of environment. And really, what it is, the immediate gratification. It, it doesn't firm us up. Remember, all hard things build strength and discipline. And so when we have all things that we want immediately met right away, uh, there's, no, there's no building. There's no hardness 
that is built through that. And so, as my dad says, man is not satisfied ultimately in weekends and vacations, but using his gifts and talents to achieve and struggle towards a goal that he has and feels called to with some success. And so I think that really hits the note on the head. When I heard my dad say this to me, it it resonated with me. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, we, it's even, I think it's, it's penetrated into our cultures so that even in the normal conversation we have with each other, it's, you know, oh, just another day or, oh, you know, looking forward to the weekend or only two and a half months until my vacation to Cancun, you know, and not that these things are bad, but if, if these are the climax and the epitome of our existence, there's a problem. And so while ultimately God is and should be our end desire, you know, man is really satisfied when ultimately working towards his goals and struggling towards that. Now, not that I recommend gambling, but it's kind of like the effect that gambling has on the human being. You know, the the randomization, uh, the, the, the randomness between the success and the failure, the ebb and the flow between, you know, sometimes you lose and sometimes you win, uh, just creates that excitement and, and that desire. And so, you know, this is this is kind of like life sometimes. You know, we can we can hedge our bets well, we can take, you know, calculated risks that have a good chance of working out, but ultimately we don't always know if 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 something's going to work out in our favor. We can give ourselves the best chance and a lot of times if we do, things are going to work out favor- favorably, but that's not always the case. And so, you know, ultimately again, this this is just man is is gratified in struggling towards that meritorious and that virtuous goal. And that is almost certainly not having to do with immediate gratification. You know, a lot of things in today's culture uh, just just kind of um, procure a laziness about them. I guess you could say like video games and Netflix uh, fast food sometimes, uh, things like Uber Eats where you can get food delivered directly to your door. And I'm not condemning these as a whole, but I'm saying a lot of these things can be slippery slopes because a lot of them are addictive and a lot of them can create bad habits where we become dependent and kind of hooked on these. And these are just to name a few within society. Obviously, there's many, many more. Um, but the, these things don't necessarily teach us how to do hard things. It's kind of has a, a disposition to softness. And so, especially in today's society when, you know, strength and valor and honor and truth are needed more than ever, uh, we, can't give, we can't give any ground to softness like this. So how can exercise help? Well, I think weightlifting and exercise can play a critical role in this. You know, exercise is hard, especially if we push ourselves. And again, I know we've talked about this in prior podcasts, but just teaching ourselves to habitually exercise our body and to do something hard each day. You know, we if we have a balance of these things, you know, we can we can have things like video games and Netflix and fast food. 
we can have some of these things uh, in our life in proper proportion. But we also need to have a, a balance of hard things in our life. And we need to learn how to do hard things. I think one thing that needs to be revitalized is the uh, Catholic and Christian practice of fasting. Now, the Catholic Church still teaches uh, that all Catholics should fast and abstain from meat on Fridays, and that's something that's kind of just built into the week-to-week, you know, ebb and flow uh, of the life of a Catholic Christian. But I think, you know, we, we often see Lent as a time for fasting and as a time for giving up things or taking on extra duties. And, and this is good. I think, you know, there, there are periods in our life that should be dedicated to certain things. But I do think that the, the habit of fasting needs to be reintegrated into our lives. Now, this can be even something as small as, let's say, parking your car in the farthest parking slot away from, let's say you go to the gym every day, or let's say you go to the store every day, or let's say at work in the parking lot, you know, just intentionally choosing to do something hard and offering it as a fast and a prayer for a specific intention. It can really be turned into a prayer. And so, you know, yes, we we can, you know, fast during Lent. That's good. And we, and we should partake in that to the fullest. But I would argue that we we should always, I'd say weekly, on a weekly basis at least. I could argue for daily, uh, but but if, if fasting isn't something we're accustomed to, I think we should just start weekly. Pick something weekly. You know, maybe there is a day you skip a meal. Maybe there is a day where uh, you, you go for a run. Maybe you don't like running and you know it's good for you. Maybe there's a day that you go running for 30 minutes. Uh, maybe there's a day that you don't eat meat. You know, let's say Friday, like like the Catholic Church encourages us to do. Pick something, because fasting is really the sharpening of the sword of prayer, as it is often described. And so uh, let us just learn to do and pick up hard things in our life. Uh, you know, for prayer, the, the, for, the, for merit uh, within spiritual terms, but also just to kind of harden ourselves. Make a, The harder we are, you know, and the tougher we are, the the harder it's going to be for us to fall and to give it into weakness in various areas of our life. So let us start small, but let us take the small sustained actions to reach that point. Okay, so the second point that I, I think uh, contributes to good men and women leaving the church is the sexual revolution and the seeking of continual pleasure. Now, this kind of piggybacks off of our last topic, um, you know, talking about not learning to do hard things um, and, and, and kind of that immediate gratification culture that we live in and have that disposition to. We're saturated in it everywhere we go. Um, you know, the, the sexual revolution of the 1960s really started the domino effect. Um, you know, God's laws became seen as oppressive and restricting it became seen as as kind of a, a binding and a you know just a restricting you know that man couldn't have sex outside of marriage and that or that people couldn't you know do 
do anything sexually until they were married. It just seemed restricting. And so the sexual revolution really, it, it, it skyrocketed the pursuit of pleasure as an ultimate good and striving. Now, there is nothing wrong with pleasure in balance. Uh, however, when pleasure becomes the pinnacle of what we are shooting for, uh, it's often an empty endeavor because with, without suffering, you know, Christ had to endure Good Friday and the cross in order to achieve Easter Sunday. There's the old adage that says, no cross, no crown. And so, again, not that pleasure in itself is bad, um, but I, I think when we seek it as the ultimate pinnacle of our lives, you know, this, this can be dangerous. And so, uh, you know, obviously our sexuality was created by God and is good in its nature, but the misuse of it can often lead to destruction. And so, you know, this is what Satan tries to do in our lives. He tries to take something good and he tries to distort it. You know, he, he, Satan cannot create anything. Only God can truly create something out of nothing. So what Satan does is he tries to twist and contort these good things that God has ordained in our life. And so, you know, I don't think you have to go too far to see the rampant sexual immorality in our society, both in men and women. You know, it's it's something that is present in almost every corner of our nation uh, and in various places around the world. And so, you know, this this is a big root of effeminacy. An effeminate individual is often somebody who who is engaged in some sort of sexual immorality. Uh, and, and it's just, it, it leads to a weakness. It, it weakens, sexual immorality really weakens a person's resolve. It, it, it makes them soft, in a sense. And so, how can exercise help? Well, a lot of times, I think exercise can help relieve some of that sexual tension that people have. Uh, a lot of times I think, you know, I've, I've talked to people who are single and they say, you know, oh, I just I just can't wait till marriage. I just, you know, all this buildup and all this tension. And I know exercise isn't the perfect substitute for this, but exercise can definitely help relieve some of that sexual tension and energy. And it'll really help us to better keep God's commands in result, in, in, in result of this. Um, you know, and, and so I know a lot of times from the ways of the world, God's laws on this, on teachings on sexuality can seem oppressive and, and can seem binding in a sense, but ultimately they set us free. You know, Christ talks about in the gospel, he says, there will come a time when, when what is good will see, will seem bad and what is bad will seem good. Or, or I think it's what is right will be seen as wrong and what's wrong will be seen as right. You know, and I think we start to see this through some of the sexual revolution, um, you know. And so I think exercise just can can be uh, a good tool to help relieve some of that sexual tension, whether you are married and practicing chastity or whether you're single and practicing chastity or whether you're a member of a clergy, whether you're a priest, a brother, a sister. Um, it, it can really help you 
relieve and, and manage, you know, your sexuality. Because our sexuality is not meant to be hidden and to be restricted and, and, and put, you know, under lock and key, I guess. But there's an appropriate time that we are to use it. And so using exercise to help channel that properly can help us work towards controlling that and using it at the proper time. Okay, I got one more point and then a bonus comment at the end. So my third and final point with this, why the church is losing good men and women and youth is the church largely lacks those who have the courage to stand up for the truth of Christ's teachings. We really need strong leaders to inspire people to a zeal and an ardor and just a fervent devotion of of Catholicism and of Christianity. You know, a lot of times I, I I talk to people in the gym and I talk to people that I run across in my everyday life. And even, even working uh, in the church, I run across some of these people. You know, people do not want a comfortable cafeteria Catholicism and Christianity. You know, I think that a lot of times that's a mistake that... Uh, people make is is that that or the a mistake that people make in the assumption is that you know they think oh people want you know a, a kumbaya type of approach so that it's easy well you know there's some things that people like easy but when it comes to religion and worship and a relationship with Christ people generally don't want the easiest path they want something that's you know, again, like we discussed in the first point, something meritorious that they have to struggle towards, but they can have some success with. There's, that's where man is ultimately fulfilled in his pursuit of. And so I think leaders in the laity and in the clergy just need to speak the truth with charity, of course. And I think they, they can't be afraid to correct error in charity when it arises. And I know this has been something recently that uh, has received a lot of criticism, is that a lot of leaders aren't willing to correct the error that is being spoken on behalf of the Catholic and Christian faiths. You know, I think we have to remember one thing. We talk about charity and love. Now, let us remember that at the very root definition of charity or love is this, willing the good of the other. And so I think a lot of times people are afraid to sound mean or, or, you know, just like, oh, I have all the answers if, if we correct an error. But really, when, when we correct an error, we correct our brother or sister when they speak an error, it is really an act of charity because through that, we're, we're willing the good of them. We're saying, hey, you know, th- this is actually what it is. This is actually what the church teaches, or, or this is actually the st- church's stance on this. And we're all going to have times in our life where we're right and when we're wrong. And I think we need to be humble when we are right, you know, speak the truth in, in clarity and charity. But also be humble when we're wrong and, and, and be willing to admit when we've made a mistake or maybe when we've misspoke or misstepped. So how does exercise fit into this? 
So I think, you know, the discipline that comes from exercise, that strengthens, again, we've talked about this before, but that strengthens the will, you know, it, it creates staunch warriors for Christ. You know, a lot of times in the gym, the, the people who are frequent gym goers, I don't care what type of exercise they're doing, they could be doing, you know, cardio, they could be doing calisthenics, they could be doing you know, fit group classes, they could be doing weightlifting, you know, you, it doesn't matter what type of exercise they're doing, but the people who are consistent and the people who push themselves in their workouts, I see a resolve within their eyes. I see a strong will when I talk to them. And these are men and women that have been sharpened and strengthened through the tool of exercise. And so again, I know in our last podcast, we discussed that God uses exercise to form the underdog. Well, I think God uses, you know, exercise to form and sharpen the will of people so that they can make the right decisions in their life. They can, they, they, they can make the hard decisions in their life when it comes to it. And so you right now, who are listening to this podcast, I ask you, how can you, and maybe how are you being called to lead and to stand up for the church, for the church's teaching, and to lead by not only word, but by mostly example in your life? How can you be in your life with the gifts and talents that you have? How can you be that warrior for Christ, that that person who the Lord says, whom shall I send, as we hear in Scripture? And you can say, here I am, send me, you know. You have given me these gifts and talents. Send me to lead your people. And so that's one thing I encourage you to think about as we move forward uh, into Thanksgiving, uh, into Christmas, and towards the end of the new year, actually, not in too long. How can we help be the leaders that the church needs desperately today? Okay, so that's the three points that I have, but I also have a bonus remark to make that I've been referring to. And so the bonus remark is this. You know, recently in the past couple weeks, in my conversation, I'm just reading through some things, I've heard of, you know, a handful of people who I've talked to, who I've, I've seen talk about, who have left the church over scandal, and over poor leadership as they define it. And so before I comment in this, I want to say that, you know, these are real things that are going on within the church today, and, and they need to be addressed, and they need to be resolved. And so, again, before I make my comment, I just want to say I recognize these are real things uh, that are going on, and the pain and the suffering that is caused from these uh, is also very real. And so, and, and I, I am sympathetic to those who have experienced this. And I'm sorry that it has something that these individuals have had uh, to endure. And I do hope that justice and healing happens. Uh, but one comment I want to make is that uh, Remember the actions of people within the church, both the laity 
and the clergy do not inauthenticate the truth of the Catholic faith or of the Christian faith. And so, again, while these things that happen are very real and, and the damage and the pain they cause is very real, let us remember that we do not put our faith and trust in in man. We put our faith and trust in God and in the truth that he has revealed to us. And so, you know, instances where, where scandal uh, or poor leadership or, or some sort of other wrongdoing has happened, you know, justice needs to be served. And, and, and it's a spot that healing needs to come into. Um, but, but also let us remember that the truth of the faith remains regardless of what happens. And so this was just something I wanted to comment on briefly because uh, it's something that's been coming up a few times in my life recently. Uh, And again, I want to emphasize that these are real things and, you know, the the pain and the suffering that people endure from these uh, is very real. The anger that they feel um, is is a lot of times justified. Uh, But again, you know, and there needs to be justice and healing that comes in from that. But the truth of the Catholic Christian faith uh, that was, is, and is to come, we, we, you know, is still there. God, you know, that we put our faith in is still our ultimate foundation. And so um, I just wanted to comment on that briefly uh, before we close. So that's all I have for you today. Again, I hope that you and your family have a very, very happy Thanksgiving, and I hope you're able to get together with some of your family, your friends, and really seek some relaxation and refreshment during this holiday season so that you can charge forward and continue to do the will of God in your life. Let's pray as we close. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Thank you for taking some time to join me today. And as always, keep grabbing hold of your God-given destiny. God bless.